everyone. Before we get started, we wanted to let you know about our venue consulting. We have broken up our offerings into four distinct needs, design, sales and client experience, marketing, and those all-important SOPs. You can take advantage of one or all of these tricky spots for your venue. If you want to learn more and get a few more details, head on over to hustleandgather.com to see how we can work together and reach your venue goals. All right, let's get to today's show. She should be the one that's like, oh my God, this is so hard. Mm -hmm. It's so hard raising kids by myself. It's so hard taking care of myself. It's so hard being in a new relationship. It's so hard owning three businesses. It's so hard opening a new venue. And she's like, no, dude, like this is like, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. And it's just so refreshing and enlightening to say like, why, why do we, why do we need to complain about everything? Welcome to Hustle & Gather, a podcast about inspiring the everyday entrepreneur to take the leap. I'm Dana. And I'm Courtney. And we are two sisters who have started multiple businesses together. And yes, it is as messy as you think, because we know that starting a business isn't easy. We've done it four times. And on this show, we talk about the ups and downs of the hustle and the reward at the end of the journey. And we love talking with our guests about important topics in our entrepreneurial journey. We've talked about team building and work-life balance so far. And now we get to talk to some incredible guests on how they recovered after tragedy. You know, those seasons when you simply can't separate life from business. We'll be talking about how to handle those unexpected moments and how to grow and move forward through those experiences. Last week, we talked with Jill Donovan all about her journey in business and how to pick yourself, your family, and your business back up after tragedy. So this week, the two of us are talking about the lessons that we learned from Jill. I love Jill. I always have loved Jill. I know. Yeah. Well, Jill always, Jill intimidated me for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah, but then like once you get to know her, you realize like, yeah, I mean, she's gorgeous and amazing and she's a badass, but she's also like so tenderhearted and sweet. Mm-hmm. And she's a very kind human. Yes, very yeah. kind human. And so I don't know, just get to know who she is. But you guys are closer than yeah than I am. Yeah, yeah. I've, had, I've had some personal hangs with Jill. Yeah. I've thrown up in Jill's house being hungover. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. we're close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on that level. Yeah, yeah. On, on that level. Yeah. Yeah. But it was great. I got ch- super choked up when we started talking about TJ, and I don't know why I, I like. I, th- I think it's to me. I can. I so distinctly remember that moment. One is because it was during. It was one of the worst clients of my life that got married at Cypress Manor. Um, oh yes, and it happened th- that morning. It was a terrible client. Yeah, and I remember I had to go to a meeting with that client, and I just remember looking at her, being like you're awful. Like you're an awful human. And like, just, I don't know, it just hit me so hard. And then it was just this like realization that she just had, you know, Cameron and mm-hmm. I don't know, it just felt, and it was tragic, but it just felt so like unnecessary. Yeah. You know, it was shocking. I remember it, it being so like super shocking. shocking. Yeah. And yeah. I remember like, so was it like eight or nine years ago? So like Liam was still really little. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, wow, that just seemed like a yeah. lot. Yeah, just yeah. a lot. But I was getting like a little choked up when I said it. And I was trying, I'm glad you jumped in because I was like, I'm going to start crying. She's so, she talks about it so openly. So like yeah. if you ever hang out with her, I mean, it's, she talks about TJ and kind of that time often. Like it's mm-hmm. very much, She's always been very open about it, which I think makes it, it's helpful. Yeah. You know, like it's not ever weird to talk sure. to her about it. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't yeah. ever seem like overly sad about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which, well, I loved her outlook on it in general. Like just that she said, trying to find that silver lining in a lot of ways and that she just 
I don't know when she speaks about it. I guess I, what I thought was so profound is how she was saying his universe was short, was short, but like he had accomplished what it needed to accomplish almost mm-hmm. like it, the, all these things were set in place for her to be successful. And so it was just speeding up its timeline, even though she felt like, whoa, wasn't ready for that third baby. Whoa, wasn't ready for this business, this other business that you wanted. Mm-hmm. But looking back, he was just getting all those things in place, you know, cause he wasn't going to be there. Yeah. Which is kind of powerful. I know. Yeah. 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 I mean, I had no idea that that takeout market started four days yeah. before his death because I thought it was a concept that she came up with later. Oh, yeah. Like the pivot for Donovan. Right. I think I think I thought that. And I mean, I've known because I've, I've known that part of the story before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree because she was the face of it. Mm-hmm. She was the only face yeah, of it. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. Yeah. So well, what was your favorite overall takeaway? My favorite overall takeaway, and I kind of like live by this in general, is to give yourself a lot of grace. Mm. Like when she said she was going through it or if you're going through a tragedy or a big life change. Mm. I mean, it doesn't have to be death. I mean, it could be like a diagnosis or it could be a big life change, divorce or whatever, is to, you know, give yourself a lot of grace. Mm. And I think think especially as women and moms that we tend to be really hard on ourselves and kind of demand this level of like perfection perfection that's just – doesn't acknowledge life circumstances, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that, uh, you know, giving yourself the grace you would extend to a kid or to somebody else going through that, mm-hmm. I think is super powerful. Yeah. And great advice. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I had this, um, I've been working with a business coach to work through some like speaking stuff or whatnot. And so the first part of it is a lot of like getting past like your hangups um, just so you could sell yourself better. So there's all these exercises you do. And one of them was just to free write about who I am. Like just free write, like stream of consciousness. Like, you know, so it was like two pages of it, whatever. And they read a portion back that really stuck out to them. And he was reading it. And I literally just, just started crying because it was so this feeling of, what I, my expectation for myself is perfection all the time in every sense of the word and every moment, every hard thing, whatnot. And how as a kid, cause I wrote about when I was a kid, that was not my ex- expectation of myself. Mm-hmm. Like I just kind of gave two fucks about it. Like, I was yeah. like this is what I want to do. This is who I want to be. Um, I don't care if that hurts feelings. I'm moving on over here. Like I just lived this very like carefree life and it, what happened to the point where I felt like I couldn't give myself grace in anything, yeah, you know? Mm-hmm. And I had to be this, like, perfect thing all the time. Yeah. It was, like, really intense. No, I feel that. I went to a yoga course one summer. Like, I was there for a few days or whatnot. And one of the activities is we had to write our obituary. Mm. That's really Yeah, it was, like, morbid. kind of morbid. But also, like, kind of it made you, like, and it was a free writing activity, mm-hmm. kind of thinking through these different aspects of it, like, something positive personally, something about your business, something, mm-hmm. you know, all these things. And it was really interesting, like mm-hmm. kind of like what came to mind about yeah. yourself when you had to like write about it from the perspective of no longer being here. Yeah. And people talking about you when yeah. you're not here. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. But really eye opening. Yeah. But I just love that she said that about like giving yourself grace. Cause I think it's, as we get older, it's like, we forget it. We forget mm-hmm. to do that all the time. Yeah, because we're still humans and, mm-hmm. like, learning yeah. and evolving and all of those things. Like, that never changes. Right. You know, so you're 
you think about all that grace you give like a two-year-old and a three-year-old or your 10-year-old or your 12-year-old as they're like learning life, you're still doing the same thing. Right. What was uh, your favorite? I the, I think the moment I, I just felt so powerful was when she was talking about her um, friend who was also, who is a widow and she's like one year in, she had hired the medium and she said she was talking, she was able to talk to her late husband and Jill said, I don't even think TJ would recognize me. Like I, and it wasn't a sadness mm -hmm. that was being said. It was more of the evolution of who she is and what she's become is just so different than that person that was eight, nine years ago. And I thought that was just super powerful. Yeah. And it really shows that like when you go through hard things, when you um, do something you thought you could never do or never survive, yeah. how that really changes you in a good way. Yeah. No, I actually, that really like resonates with me because mm -hmm. I feel very, very similarly. I know we started the season kind of like talking about where I was for the last year or whatnot. And people ask me like, oh, do you regret like the marriage? Do you regret whatever? And right. I definitely think like I stayed in it longer than I should have. But then at the same time, like getting back to the grace, like I left when I could, mm -hmm. you know, like when I was ready. But I think back on like who that person was that like got married. And I think back on who I am today. And like, I, I can't regret it because mm -hmm. I, I know that it's like that journey mm -hmm. that like made me who I am. Mm -hmm. And like, in a lot of ways, I like who I am, Right. you know, like I like my tenacity. I like my outlook on life. I mm -hmm. like all of those things. I like what I've shown my kids in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. you know, and that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for like some really hard times in right. the middle of it. For sure. So I think, I think when you do go through hard times like that, I think you can't necessarily reflect on who you were or regret the journey that got you right. to where you are right now. Mm -hmm. You know what I yeah, mean? For sure. So what was your personal takeaway? Mm. Your favorite? Um, yeah. And I don't, I don't think this is like, like a shock or anything, but, or this aha moment, but I def, definitely feel like it's something that's so worth reiterating and something I've tried to remind myself during hard times is that community matters and that, and she said, like, you know, she had this amazing community kind of rally behind her. And you, I, I remember making her a meal. Um, mm -hmm. And it was so, it, it was for 10 people. I'm thinking like, oh my God. Um, and I think we actually didn't make stuff shells. I think I made it a butternut squash lasagna so it could see, so it could serve 10 people. Okay. But it was like the same kind of concept. Mm -hmm. And we had salad and we had drinks, whatever, and food. And I think we had wine. And But you were just supposed to go and drop it off on the doorstep. Yeah. Because... That was the other thing that was super overwhelming was probably receiving people. Mm -hmm. People wanted to talk about it. And uh, I had a, f a friend of mine, um, like, a, like a loose acquaintance who lost her husband. And I bought, bought him dinner and she had she also had three kids. She had a baby as well, oddly similarities mm -hmm. there. And I had gotten all the kids like busy toys, like a puzzle or something because I'm just – something they could do that was new and that could give her some time to just, you know, space out or whatever. And I did not expect to see her. I was just going to leave it on the doorstep and she was there and we ended up, I was talking with her and I got super upset about it and she's the one consoling me. And I was like, this does not make any sense. <laughs> like, but I think that it's so hard for people to like imagine it and not put themselves in that situation. And so as a community asking for your community to rally behind you and support mm -hmm. you in it. Like, I think it takes a lot to ask for it. And I don't, it sounds like people just showed up. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause I think you don't even know what to do or what, or what to say right. or how to ask for help or whatever. But I also think it's for some people that community almost makes it harder 
You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like in your mind, like it's just going to be harder to have people around. It's going to be harder to have people at home. Like I'd rather just do X, Y, Z or whatever. Like, oh, I can do this. I'm fine. I can do it on my own. And that's definitely the story I tell myself all the time. Like I don't need people. It's fine. Fine, fine, whatever. But really how much community really does matter. Yeah. Like so much. I mean, I think it's there for the good times and for the bad times. Yeah. It's there to celebrate and to help mourn, yeah. you know? And I think, I think we've, like, I sometimes think that's where, like, America gets it wrong. Like, we like, have this, like, like, we value autonomy so much. And I just don't think, like, as people, we're supposed to be autonomous. No. I don't think we're created that way. I agree. Like, we're, we thrive in community. Yeah. But I tend to be the same way. Like, if I'm, like, if I'm having a really hard time, I tend to be very hermit-like. Like, mm-hmm. I will reach out to nobody. Yeah. And not talk to anybody. And, like, my friend Crystal sometimes be like, I haven't heard from you. Is everything fine? Like, Reaching out, you know. But I think that's why a true community, you actually don't have to ask. Yeah. A true community just shows up. And that's what she said. Like her cousin was just to go out there and she's like, oh, my cousin Jen's there. What are you doing there? Like, do you need something? Like, nope, I'm just here if you need me. Like, mm-hmm. and it, and that kind of community is is like what you need. Like people that know what you need maybe is just a body. Yeah. And it's not like, it's kind of been like the hot topic of like women in their mental plate and how mm-hmm. a husband's like, or a partner's like, Hey, just tell me what you need. And you're like, no, you're not taking anything on my mental plate. It's still my job to do that. To and delegate it's, it, right. To delegate it. And when you have a community, it's a community that is there and that loves you and supports you. And is like genuinely there to like be there for you. They're not asking you to carry that mental load of like, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. Right? right. It's like just doing it, just, a, just doing it. Just mm-hmm. either that's just being there or that's, making the meal train or that's yeah doing whatever, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What was your favorite personal? Well, I always love like talking about kids and kind of her even saying that she feels like that's where she's like her weakest link. It's so crazy. It's just crazy to me. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, our kids are doing just fine. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of how she's navigated her girls through that. Like we went through something sad, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean our life is sad. Mm-hmm. You know, like I loved that saying and just kind of thinking through like the kids are all right. And I, I, totally admire like what she's putting out there for her girls. Like I, like she takes care of herself well, like she prioritizes what she's passionate about. And she, and those girls are always bebopping all over the place. Mm -hmm. I mean, just like, just right in the middle of Mm -hmm. like what she's doing. And I feel like on some level we did that well, but on a lot of level we kept Mm -hmm. it separate. We did keep it very separate. Yeah, very separate. Like we we just didn't necessarily like, well, I mean, sometimes unavoidable, you Mm -hmm. know? I mean, I remember like planting trees and like Liam was there on a baby on like a little. Yeah, for sure. But like we, I feel like now we do it really well. Yeah. Like uh, definitely we have that where the kids are around. We're not afraid to bring them and whatnot. Yeah, but but we were so nervous at the beginning of our business to be like, we're moms and business owners, mm-hmm. like that our momness is going to prevent us from like giving you the best right. business experience. And instead of just like embracing like that's who we are. Because that's a, but, but you think back to that time, like that's what we were told. I know. And that's how it was always like. And it, but it's wrong. Right. And like every, in every sense of like how society expected mothers to be is mm-hmm. it was supposed to be separate. I know. And you could not be a good ex if you're a mother uh, if you're a good mother at the same time like mm-hmm. it just definitely was this like yeah. impossible standard but no I and it's funny like I had that exact same I had immense guilt and I still I struggled a lot with it even after we built the Bradford I mean even to like I think I think it was actually it was the podcast with Megan Ely I was telling the story about Henry and how I regretted that time because mm-hmm. I don't remember Henry being a baby. And I got emotional about it. And she was like, you know, 
held space for that. But, but at the same time, she was like, maybe you think about it differently. Mm-hmm. Like think about that time in a different way. And she's like, it was hard no matter what was happening. It was a, it was an infant, it was a baby. Like maybe you wouldn't have remembered it because of mm-hmm. the fact that you had a two-year-old and a newborn, right? Yeah. All these things. And it was like one of those things that like you had to forgive yourself. And she's basically like, you need to forgive yourself. Like mm-hmm. you need to like, and start thinking about that time, not in this super negative way, essentially. And I, that was when I went home and I like printed out like 35 pictures of the kids during that time mm-hmm. of where I felt that awful guilt. And you look back at it and they're so happy. They're so happy. Like, I know. They were so happy in the mud and the dirt and the tiny house and all of the things. Mm-hmm. Like they were so happy. And there's so many like, and so I framed one, put up in my office with the sign that says the kids are all right. Mm-hmm. Because it's like this just reminder of they're fine. Like, yeah. but we we feel like we're effing them up for some reason because I travel too much or I feel like mm-hmm. I'm, you know, fucked them up because like, I wasn't there when they lost their first tooth or what all of these right. things that you tell yourself. And the reality is, is it's just, no, the kids are fine. Yeah, they're they are absolutely fine. fine. Like I, I, I think that's the thing too, is like, yes, they're kids, but we're actually raising humans. Like there's yeah. a difference between like being a parent and raising a future human. Mm-hmm. And you think, do you want your future human to have the same strange, unrealistic expectation that like everything's siloed and they need to feel guilty? Like mm-hmm. I don't want to pass any of that on. To my kids. And I really think, honestly, like it took like a pandemic for everyone to realize, mm-hmm. oh, wait, like sometimes life and business and mm-hmm. work can't be separated. And you know what? It's just fine. Right. Like I feel like there was a lot of like understanding of kind of like that mom business mm-hmm. or like work life balance BS mm-hmm. that was like dispelled when like, oh, dads can't do it either. You know what right. I'm saying? Like during the pandemic, I feel right. like it kind of normalized the fact that, oh yes, we all do have lives yeah. outside of the jobs that we do. And sometimes it intertwines and it's going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. No. Like I feel like there's any one thing good that came out of the pandemic. It was like normalizing that people are real humans. Right. And yeah. it's really crazy when you start seeing what you hate about yourself and your children. So like I hate the like some of my people pleasingness, mm-hmm. like where I just don't put up a fight about something. I'm like, you know, it's just easier just not just to deal with or whatever. And I started seeing some of that in Ada. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Mm-mm, no, like yeah. we're not doing that. Like you're yeah. not going to be, you're not going to live your life like this because mm-hmm. it's, it's hard and it sucks. And, and so there's this, it's such an interesting thing that that is what actually makes you change is like, I don't, I don't want to be this role model for you in mm-hmm. this way because I want you to know that it's actually not okay to be treated this way. And it's actually not okay for you to just go along with it at the sacrifice of yourself just to make someone else feel better. Yeah. Like that's not okay. Yeah. You know, if it makes you feel like shit. If it makes that person feel great. That's just a relationship you don't need to have, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. Like that for me, like even like a, getting back to divorce, that was one of the things, like, biggest thing was, like, would I be okay with Nora being in this situation? Absolutely and not. the answer was no. Why am I okay with me being in it? Right. You know, when what am I showing Nora? What, what yeah, for, sh- for sure. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to be, you know, dooming her to this same destiny. Right. You know? Right. Like, and it was a big deal to me. Yeah. But I do think there is so much of that that's true. Like, you look at the kids... And when you do start seeing those things or start seeing it through, like, what are they watching? It kind mm-hmm. of makes you take a a pause and think, okay, am I showing them something good or am I showing them mm-hmm. bad habit? Right. You know? Right. 
everyone. I'm Dana. And I'm Courtney. We are the owners of Hustle and Gather Consulting. We began our consulting business because our goal is to empower you with the knowledge and the enthusiasm to take those big steps in your business. We're excited to offer VIP days that provide up to five hours of one-on-one time with our team to help you navigate challenges within your business. Whether that's overcoming an obstacle, hiring that perfect team, or taking steps to expand into new territories, we want to help you achieve those milestones. Head on over to hustleandgather.com to see how we can help you. So you want to open a venue and have no idea where to start? We've been there too. We are Courtney and Dana, owners of Hustle & Gather Consulting. Over the last 10 years, we have built, operated, and scaled a successful event venue in the competitive triangle market. We want for you to learn from our mistakes and profit from our successes. Our venue marketing and direction consulting is for that person who thinks, just like we did one time, you know, opening a venue would be fun. And it is, but it can be scary and very confusing. Let us help you with those first crucial steps like market research, potential profitability, and design concepts, just to name a few. Head on over to hustleandgather.com to see how we can help you. What was your um, favorite business piece that she said I love and she is always like this like I love how she just keeps it positive because I I think it's so easy because it is hard it's to be negative about your business to be negative about the amount of work to be negative about the hours to be you know negative about a client like it's easy to fall into that Mm -hmm. and burnout's real like I get all that you know and like it's definitely very like seasonally hard Mm -hmm. the events industry in general but I do love how she's just like keeps it positive. Like, because yeah. I think that that translates into your employees, it translates into their client experience, which then overall translates into your business and how yeah. productive it is. Um, so I think just kind of keeping that positive attitude and loving what we get to do instead mm-hmm. of like doing what we have to do. Yeah. It's the way. And I think that too. Like, I mean, whenever I'm sharing my business or talking about my business with someone else, they're like, wow, that just sounds like a lot of fun. And for a while, I was like, no, I mean, it's so much work. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's, like, a lot of work. It's very uphill, blah, blah, blah. But now I'm like, it is fun. Mm-hmm. You're right. Like, I go to a lot of parties. There's a lot of great things that I'm exposed to. Like, I basically throw parties for a living. Is it? Do you think, like, I think about this often because it is the thing I have, the one thing I have tried to change in the past two years about myself is to get rid of that martyr, mm-hmm. sin, like just be stop being the martyr. Yeah, and and I think for me, again, as I'm unearthing all of these, you know, things I feel about myself, it really came from the fact that I needed to feel like I deserved it, like I needed to feel like I deserved this great this success, or I deserved this, or I earned it, or this payout, or whatever. And so, to me, when you say, okay, oh, wow, you're so successful. And oh, that looks like so much fun. In my mind, it was always like, oh, well, they must think it's super easy. And therefore, like, I'm just lucky. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't think people ever really mean that. And, but who actually, who the fuck cares if they think that? Like, yeah. I don't care. At, at this point, I don't care. Right. But it was like this, I felt, and I think that's where it comes from. It's like, you have to like prove yourself mm-hmm. like, no, no, like this, like I busted my ass to create this success. I worked 25 hours yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> I invented an hour in the day to get all this work done. Like we stayed up all night. Like we did, we planted all the trees. We did blah, 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 blah. Like all of these things. 
And, and it used to be people like, oh, I want to own a venue. You're like, oh my God, it's a lot of work. It's really going to suck, blah, blah, blah. Like all this stuff. But now it's like, no, that's cool. It's a great, it's a great retirement mm-hmm. um, opportunity. Yeah. Um, certainly there's some hard parts to it and you're going to go on a roller coaster, but it's a great roller coaster ride. Yeah. Like I wouldn't trade it, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, and I, I think being around people like Jill and recognizing out of anybody she should be the one that's like, oh my God, this is so hard. Mm-hmm. It's so hard raising kids by myself. It's so hard taking care of myself. It's so hard being in a new relationship. It's so hard owning yeah. three businesses. It's so hard opening a new venue. And she's like, no, dude, like this is like my, I'm, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. And and it's just so refreshing and enlightening to say, like, why, why do we, why do we need to complain about everything? Yeah. Like, what is it? Yeah. You know? I feel I feel very strongly about that. I tell I tell people that all the time, like, you know, past courting did me a solid. Like, really, honestly, mm-hmm. like in lots of the decisions that she made, like she set me up for success. Yeah. And I'm thankful for that. And it yeah. was hard. Sure. And it was stressful. It's probably more hard and more stressful than it had to be, you know? Right. And I, part of that probably was attitude in general. Yeah. But I do think that, like, it's like a life that we get to live and a team that we get to lead and people that we get to serve. Yeah. And I think kind of like staying in that positive mindset is. But don't you feel like even in, like, I, I, there, I can think of pockets of time, like when it felt like there was no hope and it was super, super hard for sure. But there were times when we were cruising, all right. And you would still be like, oh my God, it's so hard. Like, mm-hmm. or you had to like, you would meet somebody be like, oh, we're just so busy. And you know, they had this thing and this thing's going on. And there's like all this and blah, blah, blah. Like there was just like this need to make it look overly difficult mm-hmm. when it actually wasn't at that moment. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I do think it's just a mindset shift, honestly. Yeah. So like uh, what I've started doing, which I don't know is right or wrong, but when someone says something, I'm like, Oh, that really sucks. I'm sorry. You're going through that. We're doing great. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Like we're busy, but like, Oh my gosh, like we're so lucky. Uh Like we've done, we have, we have just the teams worked really hard this year and we've had some great successes Mm -hmm. and we're like loving it right now. Like, and not like in like to be an asshole kind of way, but just like, dude, come on. Mm-hmm. Like, I know you're doing fine. Yeah. Like, I know you're doing fine. Yeah. Like, you're not destitute over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> no, if it's a, great. <laughs> no, but if it's a real friend who's like, oh my gosh, well, I'm obviously like. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely part, moments. Yeah, I mean, like sure. you got to like be a boss. Sometimes you got to manage. Sometimes you got to step in. Sometimes it doesn't go super smooth. Yeah. You got to make decisions, mm-hmm. you know, like. There's definitely those moments, Sometimes but I you have very big pay things you have to pay for that you, you didn't see coming yeah, and that sucks. sucks. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's definitely all of that, but like, that's just all part of it. Yeah. Like literally that's all part right. of the good. You know yep. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So what was your favorite biz takeaway? Delegate. Yeah. Oh, delegate, wow. delegate, delegate. I think it's really powerful to, especially somebody who recognizes that she, that she was behind the scenes and became this leader and I think a lot of people in that position, they would have a hard time letting that back go, like, like letting it go, mm-hmm. like saying, okay, like I've learned this, I've learned this, I've learned how to lead th- this group. And now I'm going to trust this baby that I've basically, that mm-hmm. she, that she built and delegate to other people, um, I think is like such a great lesson. Cause I think it's the only way to stay that positive. Yeah. And I actually think it's the only way to actually grow your business because. Oh, sure when you are the only person making the decisions, you're the only person running it. Like it just never is going to, it just never runs smoothly. Yeah. There's cause you're, there's too much on your plate. Like you can't, you can't do anything with real fidelity. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think there's that. And then also it's like tunnel vision. Like yes. you can't ever see your blind spot. Right. You're like, cause you're blind to yes. it and someone yes. else may not be. Right. You know? So I think there's a lot of like creativity that happens on those teams and like yeah. best ways, like kind of 
best methods or best mm-hmm. ways forward out of problems and whatnot. So yeah, and I've gotten a lot better about that. Like where there's things the team will talk about, the team will talk about something I'm like, oh, I can do that. And I was like, nope, actually I'm not. That's Molly, you handle that. Mm-hmm. Like there's no reason. Yeah. There's no reason for me to do it. Like, it's not like I can't do it better than you. And and there's like part of it was like, oh, I just, I don't want to overload them. But I'm like, you're fine. Yeah. Everyone's fine. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And like honestly, it's, it's going to get done better it'll and get faster done, because for it's sure. not one of the 30,000 things on exactly. your mental list. Exactly. Yeah. So delegating and I think is key and especially in hard times and in moments when you're struggling like yeah delegate and let go like recognize the world is not going to end and even just hearing her talk about how like her regret was not getting to the back of the kitchen sooner and you know maybe that was just a mental block Mm because it was where tj was you know and she says like the quality went down and it struggled but she had a community that still supported her still believed in her Mm -hmm. and said you know what we're going to give you grace yeah we're going to give you grace right now because we understand what just happened we know this isn't what your standard is you know, we're going to give you some feedback and, you know, whatever. And how that didn't break her. Mm-hmm. And and so I think when you're going through hard times and you have to delegate something and maybe it's done at that 80% or 70% of what it is, it's okay. You're still going to bounce back from it. Yeah. Because you have to get whole again, you know, mm-hmm. and back on your feet. Yeah. So delegate it. I thought it was yeah. great advice. Yeah. All right. What do you feel like your F up is? I think I've kind of already spoken about it a little bit, but in relation to like some of the takeaways, like community matters and like what you said, like giving yourself grace mm-hmm. or whatnot, like that's definitely been my biggest fuck up is like whenever I go through something that's hard, mm-hmm. one, I minimize it in my head because I say these things like I didn't lose a husband or mm-hmm. I didn't lose a child or I didn't do this. Like you're, I, the world has it so much worse than me. Like, I should be I should be fine. I should be able to suck it up and yeah. deal with it. And so I don't ever give myself grace to let me feel the way I feel or to mourn what I need to mourn or whatever, you know, is happening in the, in that moment that's making my life hard. Yeah. Um, you know, and then I shut out my community because I don't want I feel petty. Yeah. I don't know. I have a hard time with that. I have a hard time for anyone feeling sorry for me because I don't feel like I feel like I have a great life. So yeah. Suck it up buttercup let's go you know <laughs> yeah so I don't ever some so I, I still probably is the biggest fuck up in general I just don't let myself go through the process I need to process yeah grief or hard things or whatever I had that someone said that to me it's actually someone I was dating here recently that said because I was like kind of minimizing something that I was going through and they said just because someone has a harder doesn't mean it's not hard for you mm-hmm. you know what I mean like it which is true because you only have your lived experience, mm-hmm. right? You're living your life. And so what, even though that might be look like a breeze to somebody else, it doesn't mean it's not hard for right. you because that's not your lived experience, yeah. you know? Have you ever heard that? Um, I can't remember. I think it's the Olivia Rodrigo's song. I think it's All American Bitch. And there's a line at the end and she's like singing over and over again. And she's like, I'm grateful all the time and I'm pretty when I cry. Mm-hmm. And she's talking about basically the whole song is about expectations on Mm-hmm. on like girls and women and how everyone and they people just do say that like oh you should be so grateful that you got to stay home with your kids oh you should be so grateful mm-hmm. that you have this oh I hear this all the time you should be so grateful that you know Sam's such a good partner and I'm like I am grateful but I don't expect anything you should expect nothing less than having a great partner mm-hmm. like you know what I mean like yeah and every time I hear that song it just hits me and it's like, and so that's when I want to push back and say, like, 
allow myself to be upset about something because yeah. you're just told your whole life, just be grateful. Just be grateful that this didn't happen. Just be grateful that X, Y, Z, like that yeah. concept of just because someone has it harder doesn't mean it's hard for you was never taught to us. I know. Ever. Cause it, cause it does I feel like it comes across as like you are being ungrateful, Yeah, but it's not that at all. No, not at know? all. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, what about yours? I think it's all the celebrating probably. Like I think, and I think we've done a bad job of this, like better lately, but I felt like we did not celebrate the wins. Like no, we, at all. Like at all. And I feel like she's done a great job mm-hmm. about like living life and like t- celebrating and making sure that all those moments are like captured and, you know, because it's hard. Like life mm-hmm. is hard. And I feel like for us, we would do these big, hard things. I'd be like, all right, now it's Tuesday. On to the next thing. I know. You know what I mean? I remember one of the times when we first opened the Bradford and we had gotten through some big humps and it was finally like, okay, for a minute. Like I felt like we could exhale. I don't exactly remember. Like I'm sure there was lots of inhales coming down the pipeline, but I remember you coming in and like, you're like in this huffy mood. And I was like, what in the, like, we have just gotten through like the craziest couple of weeks. Like we're on smooth sailing. And I was like, what, what is wrong? And she was like, you said social media. I was like, what? I do not remember this yes. at all. <laughs> And you were like, we are not doing well on social media. And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, we're not doing well on social media and we're not going to be able to keep up. And it was probably true. It was like, right, at the invent of like Instagram and whatnot, like at the very beginning of it. But I was like, we have just gone through like the most terrible couple of Mm -hmm. weeks and we are finally on cruise and you're coming and talking to me about social media. Mm -hmm. Like, can we not just Mm -hmm. at least exhale? We don't have to celebrate it. But can we just take a deep yeah. breath here? But I feel like oftentimes we minimize that. We're like, mm-hmm. oh, and I think it is like the fear of coming across as like arrogant or mm-hmm. like self-serving or mm-hmm. whatnot. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Whereas we have done some really hard shit yeah. and it should be celebrated. Yeah. But it's always been like that kind of like, oh, no, like we're just normal everyday people yeah. doing normal everyday things. I definitely do think that. I definitely and I and I do struggle with that a lot. Like it's that feeling of why am I special? I'm not special. Like I didn't do anything special. And like it is that that. And I think, too, for me, and I remember those feelings. Uh-huh. I remember, OK, we got through this and then and then it would be the next thing. It's like I could never relax I because I, I, I never felt like we could take a break like we never could could relax because I was afraid of what was to come like you know what I mean like there was this major like we weren't going to keep up or something something like exactly what you said like we weren't seeing something on our blind side Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean yeah it reminded me like of this word sonder and like sometimes I think like very existentially like it baffles my mind that everybody kind of has their own bubble that they're living in and everybody has the same sense of Mm self-importance or the same sense of purpose. Like I just can't wrap my mind around Mm -hmm. it, like in general. And I listened to this artist, Dermot Kennedy. He's, I think he's from Ireland or whatever. Mm -hmm. Maybe you'll see him when you're there. But anyway, his, his (laughs) album, his new, like I think his latest album is called Sonder. And I looked up what the word meant and it was the profound feeling of realizing that everyone, including strangers passing in the street has a life as complex as one's own which they are constantly living despite one's personal lack of awareness in it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it made me think of that. Like, yes, like we're doing, we're doing big things and we're, you know, hard at work at it. And these things should be celebrated, but also it's not arrogant. Everyone else is doing their own great Mm -hmm. things and working hard at it and like in their own bubble. But it's like, 
weird to think mm -hmm. that everyone's kind of doing these things simultaneously mm -hmm. at the same time. And it's not necessarily arrogance to right. celebrate what you've accomplished. Just right. like these people should be celebrating what they've accomplished. Right. But yeah, I thought it was a really interesting word kind of describing that thought of like, who am I? I'm no right. one special, but yet everybody's special. Right. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To learn more about our hustles, visit us on the gram at CD Events, at the Bradford NC, at Anthem.house, and at Hustle and Gather. And if you're interested in learning more about our speaking, training, or venue consulting, head to our website at hustleandgather.com. And if you love us and you love this show, we'd be more than honored if you left a rating and a review. This podcast is a production of Your Fluence. I'm Courtney. And I'm Dana. And we'll talk with you next time on Hustle and Gather.